Hey there, and welcome to Vibrancy with ADHD. Trying to improve our health and wellness with ADHD can feel like an uphill battle. Neurotypical advice tends to be complicated, rigid, and quite honestly, kind of boring. Us ADHDers thrive off of fun and need to be supported by people who just get us and the way our brain works. And most importantly, we need to feel encouraged and inspired instead of shamed. No falling off of any hypothetical wagons here. I'm Chelsea Eithoven and I'm a health and mindset coach who was diagnosed with ADHD at age 30. Stick around and together we can explore, learn, and play our way to a more vibrant lifestyle. Hello, hello, my peeps. How are you today? Welcome to episode 22 of Vibrancy with ADHD. Today, we're going to be talking about five ways to make cooking and meal planning and prepping more ADHD friendly. Oh, I love this topic because when people hear meal plan and prep, they always think that I'm trying to make them stand in the kitchen for five hours and cook 10 different meals and put it all in individual Tupperware. And that is not at all what I'm about. So I'm excited to share with you my perspective on meal planning and prepping, the purpose of meal planning and prepping, and a few little tips for you uh, that can help you get started and maybe make this concept seem a bit less overwhelming, and maybe even a little bit exciting. Wouldn't that be awesome? So first of all, though, how are you today? Last week, I did not put out an episode. And it really got me thinking because, (laughs) you know, a lot of the stuff that I talk about on this podcast, we talk about all or nothing thinking, we talk about, you know, shifting your mindset about things. And I've done all of this work, as I continue to do this work, it's lifelong work, right? But I've done all of this work when it comes to my relationship with food, my relationship with my body, how I eat, how I form health habits. You all know that, right? Like this is about health and nutrition. This podcast is mostly about those things and forming habits in an ADHD-friendly way. But I, myself, am find it so interesting because I'm currently working through these same exact concepts, but just in different areas of my life. It's like I've worked through it in this one area and now I'm moving on to another, right? And that is like my business and my views on productivity. So I really, you know, when I didn't do that one podcast last week and had to skip it because all kinds of crazy stuff happened last week, which I'll tell you about in a second, (laughs) but I started to fall into that all or nothing mindset, right? And that was a goal of mine this month to make sure I do one a week. And I was then not going to reach that goal. And I started to mentally spiral, right? Just like you might do if you say plan to go to the gym every other day and you don't do it one day, right? Then you feel like the whole plan fell apart and you're like, it's not even worth it because I can't reach my goal anymore. Or your plan was to go four days a week and it's the last day of the week and you've only gone two days so far. You're not going to go to the gym twice that day, right? And you just feel like everything fell apart. And that is where I used to be with everything, basically, that all or nothing thinking. I couldn't do it all, so I was going to do nothing. But I've realized that I'm now working through these same mindset shifts in my business, right? And just because I didn't achieve my goal last week doesn't mean that I can't continue now, right? I talked about this before, and I don't love the phrase falling off the wagon. I like to look at it more like a roller coaster, right? We're going up, we're going down, and we're not super consistent, but that's okay, right? If we fall off of this hypothetical wagon, the only thing that really matters is that we get back on it at some point right? So I'm hopping back on the podcast wagon. I'm going to quickly tell you what happened last week. I'm not going to go too long in detail because you probably don't care that much, but it's kind of a funny story. So when you are listening to this, if you're listening to it the day it drops, which is October 4th, I am probably in surgery while you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to back up a bit. And last week, I went to Home Goods to look at candles. 
And you're probably like, how do we go from home goods to surgery? (laughs) A candle broke and it dropped on my finger and smushed my finger and it ended up cutting my flexor tendon. So now I cannot bend my pinky finger. Thankfully, it's on my right hand and I'm left-handed, but I will be going into surgery next week to get that fixed because it's something you have to get fixed ASAP. So all that to say, the reason I share that story with you that is mostly irrelevant to your life and to these concepts is things like this come up, right? Life events, life circumstances come up, especially for those of you that have children. You have even more people where potentially there's a chance for something to go awry, right, in your plan and throw a wrench in your plan. And I don't think the important thing to focus on is whether or not you perfectly completed the plan regardless of any wrenches that were thrown in it. What I think is how well, what I think matters more, I will say, is how well are you able to navigate those wrenches, How well are you able to give yourself self-compassion and be understanding to you the way you would to a friend or family member when something like that comes up, right? When you need to get surgery and you're making all these doctor appointments and all this. Are you currently in the mental state where you are still beating yourself up for not completing this one thing that you planned on completing before you knew about all these events that were going to come and kind of throw the whole plan off, right? Are you still expecting yourself to hold yourself to those standards that you had before? Or are you able to say, are you able to kind of be flexible in the way you look at things and say, you know what? Things have changed. My plan might need to adjust because things have changed. And while you, my wonderful friend, might be working on this when it comes to your health habits or your relationship with food or the way that you eat or the way that you think about all of these things when it comes to food, health, wellness, all of that, you might be working through that in that area. But I want you to know, I am still working through this stuff and it's the same concepts, but in different areas of my life. And I've found that this is kind of how it goes. When we start with self-development, we start in one area and then if we're doing deep work, in that area, right? So for example, I teach you a lot of mindset concepts and how to change the way you look at things, especially if you get into the habit edit, which is my coaching membership. That's where we really dive into the mindset. And mindset isn't just relevant to one area of our life. It ends up bleeding into all areas of our life. And we realize, wow, I've made all of these shifts with these different, these mindset changes in this area of my life, my health and wellness. I could probably do this in my work or in my relationships, et cetera, et cetera. The concepts bleed over. And that's one thing I think is so freaking cool about this work. So I say that to say I am alongside you in this journey. I'm also, for many people that reach out to me, I come in contact with a lot of newly diagnosed people, particularly women. And I am right there alongside you learning this stuff, practicing this stuff, right? We are all humans. We're all on this journey together. And I never want to come across as like, (laughs) I know it all, right? And I'm past this mindset stuff because I don't think that will truly ever happen. I think it's something we continue to work on and evolve and grow in. And I love that because I like this kind of work. Okay, so let's talk about meal planning and prepping for ADHDers, ADHD-friendly ways to do this, to cook, etc. Now, I'm going to start by saying there is no <sighs> there is no three-step system to meal planning and prepping that will work for absolutely everyone, right? And make it just the most easiest, effortless thing in the entire world. And truly the this is something that i don't love about most advice a lot of people in the self help world and even a lot of people in the coaching industry right it's a lot of people who are just sharing what works for them and expecting it to work 
for you, right? They say, well, this is how I meal plan and prep. And it's so easy for me and it works perfectly for me. So you need to try it. And if you try it and it doesn't work for you, well, then you must just need to try harder, right? Do you notice this pattern, right? Especially if we are in the looking at (laughs) the nutrition industry, um, particularly people who are maybe not so qualified to be giving nutrition advice, but do anyways. People who say, well, this diet worked perfectly for me. Well, intermittent fasting worked perfectly for me. Well, all you have to do is eliminate sugar. Well, all you have to do is eliminate gluten. Well, all you have to do is this, that, and the other, right? And everybody has a different answer. And it's all completely opposing and confusing. And it's like, what is the right answer, right? But everybody swears that theirs is what will work. I like to take a different approach to guiding people through this process of changing their health habits. What I like to do, instead of just telling you, this is what worked for me, you try it now, I like to share the process that you can go through to find what works for you. So it's not saying, here, you try this, this worked for me. It's saying, here, I'm going to guide you and hold your hand while you walk on your own journey. I'm walking with you and holding your hand through it and helping you overcome the things that you're going to you're going to kind of bump up against on your path, right? So you're going to be we're going to be walking and you're going to need to need to get a boost to hop over an obstacle or whatever. But you are the one leading the way. I don't know. I just came up with that. So hopefully, hopefully that makes sense. But I'm guiding you through the process and you are the one leading and I'm just there to give support when you need it, right? That is what coaching with me looks like. The process of finding what health habits work for you and in your life, it looks a lot it looks like a lot of trial and error, right? It's like almost like a science experiment. You are trying things and seeing if they work. You're not trying things and trying to force them to work, right? So you're doing lots of trial and error, what works for you. It involves lots of creativity, right? And thinking outside the box to find creative solutions that work for your ADHD brain. Lots of thought work and mindset work to help you when you come up against that resistance to a new habit, or if you find yourself beating yourself up because you didn't do the thing perfectly or whatever, right? When you're able to be the one that's guiding the way and leading the way and saying, I want to try this direction, but somebody is walking there with you and helping you get through the obstacles that we all face, like self-doubt, like resistance, like giving up when something doesn't work perfectly, that is where the real transformation comes in, okay? So I just wanted to share that because I wanted to make a distinction between this podcast and all of the free content that I put out and the habit edit, which is the mindset and the health and mindset coaching membership for women with ADHD that I am just always so excited when new people join and I'm so excited to be running. It is just, oh, it's so much fun. Anyways, In this podcast and a lot of the free content that I share, I share a lot of the tips and tricks, right? So today we're going to be talking about five ways to make cooking and meal planning and prepping more ADHD friendly, right? These are going to be tips and tricks and bigger concepts and ideas, right? Not all of these tips and tricks will work for you. This is like, it's not the point. The point isn't for you to try every single one of these and every single one of them work for you, right? That's not the point of my work. The point of my work is to help people find the system that works for them, to pick up what works for them and leave what doesn't, right? To dig through and find the golden nuggets in this podcast and say, ooh, that one sounds fun and exciting to me. I'm gonna try that one, right? And to be able to find your personalized plan of health and nutrition habits that work for you, right? So I just want to take a moment to encourage you. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, or even if you just listened a few times, right? And you love it and you think it's so interesting, right? But you find that you're not necessarily getting the change you desire. You're not really making a big difference in your actual habits. You're just trying things and and then kind of forgetting about them and moving on, right? 
the change that you desire might be found by seeking support on a deeper level. Tips and tricks won't make that difference, right? They'll help here and there, but they won't be the thing that helps you get to the next level or get where you want to go or really start to be more consistent with your health habits, right? But do you know what will make that difference is learning how to trust yourself, how to look within yourself and find the system that works for you. And I know this is so like it can feel really abstract, right? Learning how to trust you again, right? You're like, how do I do that? Right. And not needing someone else to tell you exactly what to do. And, you know, I think that's what a lot of people think it's going to be when they come into a health and nutrition counseling program, like the habit edit, right? That somebody's, I'm gonna tell you exactly what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, how to exercise, when to exercise, what to do at the gym, right? That's what most programs are, but that is not what the habit edit is. And I think ADHDers can really fall prey to diets for this reason, is because we struggle to trust ourselves. And what do diets do? They say, here you go. You don't have to trust you. You don't have to know what to do. Here, I have it all lined up for you. Here are your answers. This is when what you're going to eat. This is what you're not going to eat. This is what time you're going to eat. And then you're going to make sure you stop at this time. You're going to eat this many meals a day, this many snacks a day, but don't eat more than this portion. Here's your little container so you can measure your perfect portion, right? And we as ADHDers can feel comforted by this because we feel like, okay, I don't have to know the answers. It's already given to me. All I have to do is follow the plan, right? And it can feel good because I honestly, I remember myself five years ago, probably even less, but I I don't know what is time. I can't, I really have no concept of the passage of time. So I don't know when I stopped doing this, but all I know is there's a distinct difference between me now and me five years ago, let's just say, who I would think I knew the answer to something. And this was anything, any area of my life. Thought I knew the answer to something, but I would still pull out my phone and Google the answer because I didn't trust that my mind knew the correct answer. I thought I was wrong. I always thought the answer was outside of myself for everything. I remember this. I, when I was starting my business, I didn't trust myself to write an Instagram caption. I felt like I needed this 10-step formula to write the perfect Instagram caption. So I would go Google how to write an Instagram caption before I would write one because I didn't trust me to do something that simple, right? And there's this shift that happened at some point. And again, I don't know when it was, but at this point in my life, it's so different. I really trust me. I don't look to anyone to tell me what to eat or what not to eat or when to eat or how much to eat or when to exercise or how much to exercise or when to sleep or the best way to meditate or do mindfulness or the best way to eat on vacation or, you know, none of that, none of that. I don't look to other people anymore. And I think that's because I've really formed deep self-trust. It's wild. It's wild, y'all. Honestly, if you haven't made this transformation, it's so crazy to think, like, when did it happen? Where along the line? I don't know. It's everything all adding together. So the habit edit is not a diet. It's not a, this is what you need to do. It's something else entirely. The point of this membership is to teach you that you have the answers, okay? And The point of the membership is to teach you to the process to find those answers within yourself, right? I'll guide you through, I'll hold your hand to find what sleep schedule works for you, what eat schedule, what style of eating, what kind of eating, right? How can you meal plan and prep in a way that works for you? How can you make it fit into your life? Do you want to be cooking more or cooking less? Whatever the answer is, is fine and we can cater that to you. What kind of exercise do you want to be doing? What kind of movement? What do you want your life to look like? I don't tell you what your life should look like. We guide that based off of your desires. And we do it in a way that will feel joyful and it will effortlessly fit into your life, 
right? These habits will effortlessly fit into your life because you're not going to be forcing yourself to be anything other than who you are, right? It's the point. I just, I feel so passionate about this. And the reason I'm rambling about this is because I've realized this is the whole point of all of my work, right? Is, is to help you lean back in and trust yourself again and not look to me as the guru or anybody else as the guru, right? But to remember that you are the guru. You're your own guru. You have all the authority, right? This is the longer journey, no doubt. This takes longer than if I were to just give you like strict guidelines of what to eat, right? But in my opinion, it's the one that will serve you for life, not just a month, right? Because you will always have these tools to look within for answers, to trust yourself for how, when you get bored of your exercise routine, you'll already know how you can switch it up, right? Because you'll know how to look within yourself. When you feel like the style of eating that you're doing currently is no longer serving you, you'll know how to recognize that and you'll know how to shift it into something that feels more aligned at the time, right? You will not need anyone to tell you what to eat, what to avoid, how many calories you should be eating for the rest of your life. Mm, It's so big. It's so big. It's about self-trust. So (laughs) just want you to remember this podcast is tips and tricks and big picture concepts. It's almost like it's the dots on the map, right? Where you're going from where you are now to where you want to be in the future, This podcast is giving you a bunch of different dots on the map, but they're all kind of out of order. They're just sporadic. Whatever I feel like sharing and I feel like, ooh, they might enjoy this, right? That's what I'm giving you. But the habit edit is the roadmap, right? That is your guide. That is the map. How do you get from here to there? How do you find your personal flavor of wellness habits that fit within your life and enhance your life, right? Because this is all meant to enhance our lives and help us experience more joy, not make us feel stifled and stuck in this box, right? So that was my 20-minute tangent. (laughs) But if you ever feel called to join the Habit Edit, it is a health and mindset counseling and coaching membership for women with ADHD. It's a membership style program and you can join it join it whenever you want you can stay for however long you want the link will be in the show notes for you whenever you're ready to join and i'm so excited to meet you <laughs> but i've been thinking a lot about this and we'll talk more about this soon about my thoughts about ADHDers and what we really like what the most important thing is for us and i think self trust is a big thing for us So that was such a tangent. Let's talk about five ways to make meal planning and prepping more ADHD friendly. Okay, I think you guys are going to love these. So before I go into these, (laughs) what a chaotic mess I am today. The thing about meal planning and prepping that I want you to understand before I go into these five tips and tricks is think about the purpose of meal planning and prepping for your life. Okay, the purpose for me is so that I can actually think about food less. I don't have to make a decision every single time I'm hungry or like have this drama three times a day or more of like, oh, my God, what am I going to eat? What do I have in the house? Oh, I have to make that. I don't feel like making that right now. Yada, yada, yada. It's so I can think about food less. It's so that it could be less of an effort, right, to have to decide what I'm going to eat for every meal. It's so that I can, you know, make my life easier, not harder. So if anything that you're doing feels like in the long run, it's not benefiting you the way you thought it was, this is your permission right now to drop it. If it's a pain in the ass and it's not improving your life, then it might not be the thing for you. And that's okay. There's another thing for you still out there waiting for you to discover it. All right. With that caveat, now let's for real dive into the five tips and tricks to help you make meal plan and prep more ADHD friendly. So like I said, number one, outsource. And this is so big, okay? This is especially for my people who don't 
want to be cooking as much. They don't want to be spending as much time. It's okay to outsource on a large scale or a small scale. And if you're spending money on this, if that's an option for you, you can almost think of it as buying back your time, right? You're paying a little bit more for the maybe pre-chopped veggies or et cetera. We'll go into some of the examples of how you can outsource this kind of stuff. But it's buying back your time. And it's also paying to increase the likelihood that you'll follow through with what you wanted to follow through with. So let me explain that a little bit deeper. So if you are have been trying to change your eating habits for some time, right? Something you've wanted to do for a long time, but you've not been able to consistently make that change. One of the barriers to that is meal planning and prepping, right? And you just don't do it. And it's something you can't get yourself to do. That's not a morally bad thing, right? If you pay to outsource certain things that make it make the process quicker and easier, what you're doing is you're increasing the likelihood that you're going to make that change, right? And that's how I look at every single thing when it comes to habit change. When I help my clients create structures, when I help them figure out ways to outsource, doing that doesn't guarantee you're going to do the thing 100% of the time, right? So like in this instance, meal prep, if you're outsourcing certain things, a lot of times we think making the change means that it's a guarantee. It's supposed to be a guarantee that we're going to make that change 100%. I don't look at it that way. I look at we make these changes and what it's doing is it's increasing the odds that I'm going to do the thing, right? So by buying the already cooked cooked meat that all I have to do is microwave or cooked or frozen vegetables that all I have to do is microwave, I'm increasing the odds that I'm going to follow through with the eating style and the eating plan that I decided on before, right? By buying the pre-chopped fruit, I'm increasing the odds that I'm actually going to eat fruit. (laughs) It's not just going to rot my fridge, right? So I love looking at it that way because it takes the pressure off to be perfect. It takes the pressure off that like, okay, I paid the money for this uh, and I didn't even follow through with it. I feel so horrible about myself, right? I shouldn't have done that. No, it's okay. It wasn't meant to be perfect. It was just meant to increase the likelihood that you were going to follow through with it. So if you don't do it perfectly, it's still okay. So what are a few ways that you can outsource? Some obvious ones are that you could, like I mentioned, buy things that are things that reduce the steps that you need to do when you're cooking or preparing a meal, right? So buying pre-cooked meats that just need heated. Maybe that could be like they sell sausage crumbles that are already cooked and all you have to do is pop them in the microwave for breakfast. Rotisserie chickens. People are weirded out by it, but I love canned chicken, especially for soups and casseroles. Don't knock it until you try it, okay? It's weird at first. I was totally weirded out by it, but I tried it. It's incredible. We use it for like every single casserole we make. It's so good. And the texture is great. Like it's, to me, it's better than when you make a rubbery chicken breast and put it in a casserole. So anyways, canned chicken, canned tuna, things that are pre-prepared at your grocery store, things that are pre-chopped like vegetables and fruits, buying frozen fruits and vegetables and canned fruits and vegetables, just ways that make it easier, right? You can also outsource in terms of groceries, right? You can not even have to go into the grocery store and have somebody bring your groceries out to you for free. Most grocery stores do this now with no fee attached, no fee attached. I didn't realize that. So I want to share that with you in case you didn't realize that. So the people who get their groceries picked up, they pick them up and they just put them in the back of your car. Did you know that that service is free at most stores? Really cool. Or at least I'll speak for the U.S. Is That's the case in the U.S. And also, if you get them delivered, a lot of people will deliver it to your door A lot of stores will deliver it to your door for a really great price too. So I believe Walmart does delivery for five US dollars. Think about paying five dollars and your groceries just showing up at your door. I mean, obviously you're paying for the service and also your groceries, but it's five dollars. Like you could go, that's one coffee at like a fancy coffee shop, right? And you can legitimately eliminate the need to even leave your house. How incredible to me and to a lot of other people. I think that is just like so worth it, right? It reduces so many steps, which increases the odds of 
right? Us following through with the changes we want to follow through with. Other ways you can outsource. You can recruit family members to help. I see a lot of women that, you know, and and listen, everybody live your life the way you want to, but just because you are the female of the household does not mean that you are required to cook every single meal, right? And I, I don't want to sound culturally insensitive. So I apologize if I do, because I understand that in some cultures, yeah, it's very, this is how it goes. But I just want to encourage you that if you if you have family members that have the time, which most of us do, right? Even if you're like a stay-at-home mom, being a stay-at-home mom is still a job. That is a freaking hard job. Holy crap. So if your partner also has a job and thinks because you're home, you should be cooking, or if that's you guys' arrangement that you've already made, it might be worth it to look at it and see if maybe you could outsource to them and they could help you with those duties, right? Or if you have teenage kids, having them, each kid plans one meal a week and cooks one meal a week, right? That's a great skill for them to learn too. Just an idea. Um, Also using a meal delivery service kit where you can do the meal delivery kits where they bring you the ingredients and they're all pre-portioned and you cook the meals. So those are things like Blue Apron. They also have ones that are really, really simplified. So all you really have to do is kind of heat the stuff up and mix it together. So an example of that is Hungry Root. And then there's also ones where they will legitimately deliver you cooked meals in containers, in meal-sized containers that you just have to heat up and eat. So that would be something like Eat to Evolve. And you can Google just in your area food delivery services in your area. And I bet these days a ton will pop up, right? When I was first discovered these probably six or seven years ago, there was only like one and it was really expensive. But now there's a ton of options like this and they're so convenient and there's nothing wrong with outsourcing and having somebody else make your food for you, right? So those are a few options. I will say for me, I'm a person who enjoys cooking, number one. And I also am really big on, I'm like, I want my food to, I'm a foodie. So I want my food to taste as best as possible. And I know how I like things spiced, how I like things seasoned, how I like things cooked. So for me, it's more worth it to spend the time to cook and pick out my meals, etc. Because I want my meals to taste a certain way. I want to be able to customize that for my personal experience. But there's others of you, I recognize that I'm not, you all are not just like me, right? There's others of you that are like, I don't even want to freaking think about food. I just want it delivered to my door. And when I'm hungry, I can pull it out the fridge and eat it, right? And so that these are great options for people who that is your experience and that's what you desire, right? We all have different desires, needs, likes, wants, etc. Another way you could outsource is you could really get creative with this. My ADHDers, I know you guys are creative, right? You could, if you have a friend or maybe a roommate or somebody who lives nearby you who loves to cook and cooks a lot, you could buy some Tupperwares, ask them to just double whatever they're cooking and put half of it in a Tupperware for you and you go pick it up once a week or you know, however often you could work out. Maybe it's a maybe it's a coworker and they legitimately just bring it to work every day. I actually had a friend who I worked with who did not like to cook and she would always have me do this for her. But you could actually pay somebody to do this. And I know a lot of people will be more than willing to do this. I did this for my friend all the time and she loved it because she didn't want to cook, but she wanted to eat delicious, healthy food. And she was like so ecstatic. I'd be like, your lunch is in the fridge. And so that could be an option for you as well. There's all kinds of creative ways to do this. All right, number two, way number two to make meal planning and prepping more ADHD friendly, kind of, kind of along that same line. If you already do cook for yourself, your family, etc., consider cooking more than what you need. So maybe double batching, right? Whenever you make anything, And particularly if it's something like a casserole or a soup or kind of like that type of situation, you can make a double batch of it and freeze it. I know, sounds so simplistic, right? But truly, I didn't utilize this for so long and I just started doing this recently and it is game 
changing, right? And what I make sure to do and why it's game changing is because I'll make the thing. So for example, one thing that I did this with is the Kale Couture. If you don't follow her on Instagram, she has so many good, easy, easy, easy recipes. I'm talking three ingredients, insanely easy, delicious recipes. I'll put her link in the show notes because she's awesome. But she posted a chicken pot pie bake and I made that and I made a double batch and I froze it. All I have to do next week when I'm having surgery is pull out that thing. And well, my husband will probably do this, but pull it out, pop on the biscuits on top, which it calls for. This recipe is so good. You guys have to try it, but, and pop it in the oven. And that is it. I have like basically a fresh home cooked meal that I just had to pop in the oven. And all I had to do was it's, there was no extra effort on the back end, right? And I love this because I always cook way too much. But when I put then in my calendar, like my Google calendar or a reminder to go off on a certain day, I then like maybe three or four weeks later, I I used to get really weirded out because I would freeze stuff that I had too much of, but I wouldn't remember what it was. I wouldn't label it. I feel like it would be so far gone that I would be like, oh, it's probably freezer burned. It's probably gross. And I would just end up throwing it away. When I set a timer on my phone, I know it's only been three weeks. I remember exactly what the food is. So I'm not like weirded out by some mystery item in my freezer. It's been working so well for me, right? And I also have been buying the disposable trays to put the ones in my freezer. Because then after that, then there's not even any cleanup when you're finished with it. Incredible. So that is one way to make meal planning and prepping easier for you. You can do this with other stuff too, right? So if you double batch your vegetables and put them in the freezer or double batch your rice or things like that, those things can be frozen and thrown in the, you know, pulled out later at any time. And you only did one, the work one time, but you get to eat it two times or more, right? Because you'll probably have leftovers too. So incredible. I, I got this idea. I saw this lady on TikTok actually who batched. She actually did like six of the same meal and she like laid it flat in a Ziploc bag and froze it. So now she has, and she does this with different meals every day. And so then she'll have six weeks of meals that are already pretty much ready to go. So smart. I think it's so genius. I love that. It's like work harder, not smarter type of thing. Okay. Number three, and this is actually a way that I will, this is a way to meal plan that for people that are just totally overwhelmed by the concept of recipes. um, And they're like, I don't want to like get this elaborate recipe and find all these things. This is kind of a way to what I call it is plan without a plan. So number three is to make meal plan and prep more ADHD friendly. You could do plan without a plan. And the way that you do this is you decide how many meals you want to cook in a week. So let's say you decide on three. You're like, okay, I want to have three meals for this week. All you're going to do is you're going to pick three of each of the meal components. So you're going to pick three proteins that you enjoy, three fruits or vegetables that you enjoy, three carbohydrates that you enjoy, and three sources of fat that you enjoy. So for your proteins, you're going to pick, you know, chickpeas, ground beef, and salmon, right? For your carbs, you're going to pick sweet potatoes, rice, and pasta. For your vegetables and fruit, you're going to pick watermelon. I don't know. I'm just saying random ones. (laughs) Honestly, I'm legitimately, this is how I do it when I do this type of planning. Watermelon as a fruit, and then your other two are going to be vegetables, asparagus, and radishes. I don't know. Just said some random ones. And then for your three sources of fat, you're going to get a jar of pesto. You already have olive oil at home, so you don't have to think about that. And you're going to get a bag of shredded cheese. And all you're going to do is mix and match, okay? When it's time to cook a meal, you're going to pull out one of each. And it's kind of fun. It's kind of like a game and just mixing and matching it, right? So I can't think of those things and how they would go together because I didn't write them down. I totally just pulled them out of my ass. <laughs> but you would just mix and match as you go and you cook one of each thing, right? And you're going to throw maybe the gra- – let me think. What were the ones that I said? Maybe you do the salmon over rice with some pesto and the – what did I say? Asparagus or broccoli? Boom. That's a meal. So you cook that one night and then the next day you pull out three different ones. And you just kind of mix and match and you just have things that you can mix and match and play with 
in your fridge. For some people, this is confusing and weird and gets overwhelming and they end up wasting groceries. It's just an option that's different than traditional meal planning. Other people think it's really fun and exciting. I personally love to do this at Trader Joe's because they have so many different things that are already seasoned, right? Like pork tenderloins that have seasoning on them, vegetables that are already like sauced or whatever. And it's so fun. And there's so many different flavors that you can kind of play with. So that's number three, trying planning without a plan. Number four is 15 minute prep. Okay. So what this looks like is you have it stack. So when you get home from the grocery store or your groceries get delivered or whatever, you have it stack on whenever you do that, before you put the groceries away, you choose three things that you can prep right now. So it's a 15 minute prep. You're not standing there and prepping and cooking food for four hours in your kitchen on a Sunday. You're picking a few things and you're going ahead and prepping it. So maybe you're going ahead and you're making the microwave rice you bought, right? Like the five minute rice that comes in a box. You're gonna go ahead and prep that and put it in the fridge. And you're gonna go ahead and chop up your sweet potatoes and put them in a a Tupperware container. So when it's time to cook that meal, they're already chopped. And you're gonna go ahead and uh, marinate the chicken breast you bought or whatever it is. You can look and see and say, all right, these three things I can do right now for 15 minutes and be done with it. And you know what you've done is, you have reduced a step when it's actually time to cook or time to eat. You've taken away a full step out of that process for yourself. You've given your future self the gift of ease, right? You've already peeled the carrots. You've already cooked the rice. You've already chopped the potatoes, whatever it is. Just a few things. You don't have to do it all. Just tacking on 15 minutes, put on a podcast for 15 minutes and chop it up. I have found that this has helped me immensely actually use the things that I have. I'm embarrassed to say it, but I had baby carrots and radish, radishes, whole radishes in my fridge for, I think, two full weeks. But every time I looked at them, I was like, "Uh, I don't feel like doing anything with them right now. (laughs) Well, one day I said, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do with these right now, but I have a little bit of energy. I have a little bit of executive function. I want to listen to a podcast. I'm going to go ahead and pull these radishes out, chop off the ends, chop them up and wash them and take these baby carrots out of the bag and put them all together in a container. So I did that and I had no idea what I was going to do it do with it. But then one day when I was going to eat lunch and I didn't have a fruit or vegetable to go with it, I it was already pre-chopped. All I had to do was throw them on a pan throw some butter on them, throw some seasoning on them. And there you go. I had veggies with my lunch and just taking away that one step of chopping them made the difference between me not doing the thing and actually doing the thing, right? It increased the odds of me following through with the thing I wanted to follow through with, which is not let vegetables in my fridge go bad and eat vegetables and or fruit with every meal, which by the way, you know what I did with those baby carrots and radishes? I mixed them with butter and I think a little bit of avocado oil too for a little bit of added fat. And I put cinnamon and brown sugar and honey on them. Oh my gosh, if you don't ever do sweet vegetables, it was so good. It is so good. And radishes work really well. Like I know baby carrots, we do the sweet glazed carrots and that's a pretty normal thing. Radishes go really well with that too. It was delicious. Okay, so anyways, that is number four way to make meal planning and prepping a little bit more ADHD friendly is to try that 15 minute prep. And Number five, the last one is my tip for you is to ease into it. Don't expect yourself to cook seven days a week. This is our total kryptonite as ADHDers. We like to go hard in the paint, right? (laughs) We're like, I'm doing it all or I'm not doing it at all. But if we ease into it and we can get used to easing into it and changing our mind out of that black and white thinking, we can reduce that feeling of overwhelm and actually end up sustaining it for longer. This is all about knowing what's realistic for your lifestyle, okay? So I'll give you an example. I had a client in the Habit Edit 
who came to a coaching call and last month she did exercise for her habit that she was changing and she was doing really well with that, right? She was like, she was set a plan to exercise 16 times in the month of September and she was doing really well and she felt so good. And next up, she was going to try balanced meals. And she felt like balanced meals were going to be harder though because She was saying, you know, well, with balanced meals, I have to eat every day, multiple times a day. I'm not going to be able to do it gradually like I did with exercise. I can't just add in 16 times that I eat per month. I've got to eat all the time. So it's a lot more of a commitment. And I reminded her, and I'm going to remind you, you can still do this gradually, even if you're eating Of course, we're eating way more times in a month than we are exercising in a month, right? But what you can do is you can start with planning and prepping one meal a week, right? And I suggested to that client, she can start by doing one balanced meal a day or even less. She can start with doing planning four balanced meals a week and that's it. It doesn't have to be now, let's say you're eating 21 meals a week. I actually would encourage you to not try to eat 21 balanced meals a week, right? Or plan 21 meals a week. I think that's ridiculous and absurd and things are going to come up and it's not, you're not going to be able to follow through with it. I don't eat 21 balanced meals a week, not even close. And I don't need to, to be healthy and get all the nutrients I need and feel really good in my body and maintain the weight that I feel amazing at. I don't need to do that and neither do you. It's not about perfection. It's about finding what works for us, right? So if you do, that that perfection does work well for you and you're really good at that, that's great. I encourage you to do it. But I will say, I'm pretty sure everybody listening to this is a human and humans don't tend to be perfect. (laughs) So that's all I'm going to say on that. So anyways, ease into meal planning and prepping. If you feel overwhelmed by it, start with one meal a week, one meal, one meal, plan one meal, prep one meal. And then you'll just kind of get in the habit and slowly build the skills, right? Like what it's like making a grocery list, what it's like, you'll you'll build one skill at a time. Okay, this week now I can get them delivered. Okay, this, you know, uh, it's getting a little bit easier to do one meal. Let me try two next week. This is how I did it, is slowly over years. And it doesn't have to take years for you. It did for me. It doesn't have to take years for you, especially when you have guidance, because I didn't know about coaching years ago. The coaching kind of accelerates that and again, will help help you hold your hand. And when you come up against these barriers, that all or nothing thinking, et cetera, I'll be there to give you a boost over that barrier. But easing into it is the biggest thing. Hey guys, I am popping in here in the middle of this episode because I was sitting on my couch after recording this episode and I realized it's the evening now and I recorded this episode earlier today and I realized I forgot to tell you something really important. (laughs) So when I was recording this episode, you know, I tend to go off on some tangents and I went off on a tangent when I was talking about the habit edit earlier, of course, who would have guessed it, but I forgot to tell you the reason that I wanted to do a podcast on this topic in the first place. So I wanted to share that with you real quick and then we'll get back to the episode. So the reason I selected this topic for the podcast is because there is actually a brand new mini course inside the Habit Edit dropping today, if you're listening to this the day that it drops, all about meal planning and prepping for the ADHD year. So remember I said this podcast is a lot of tips and tricks, and inside the Habit Edit, I give you the roadmap and walk you through the process of creating your own meal planning and prepping that works for you. So each month inside the Habit Edit, there are new mini courses that drop about particular habits, and you can choose which ones you focus on. So I was really excited to talk about the meal planning and prepping one because that one drops today. So I wanted to let you know if you enjoyed this episode and you want more personalized guidance on creating a meal planning and prepping situation that fits in your life perfectly right now is the greatest time to join the habit edit and reminder it is the beginning of october in 2021 if you are not listening live and of course the habit edit the doors are always open it's a you know our arms are open and ready to welcome you whenever you want to hop on in okay that's all i wanted to say i hope you guys have the best day so to recap 
the five ways you can make meal planning and prepping and cooking more ADHD friendly is number one, outsourcing as much as you desire. Number two, double batching or cooking more and freezing it so that you're doing half the work and getting twice the benefit. Number three, do a plan without a plan and just pick three of each meal component and mix and match to build meals. Number four, try a 15-minute meal prep and have it stack on this onto whenever you get your groceries and just do 15 minutes of pre-work to help it be easier in the moment. And number five, ease into it. Don't expect yourself to cook seven days a week or have seven meals planned a week or even like, you know, every single meal perfectly planned. Start with one and move up from there. And most importantly, most importantly, give yourself grace, my beautiful, beautiful friend. I love you so much. And I want you to know that this is not a moral thing. Meal planning and prepping is not this like moral thing that makes you some perfect human. It's not this thing that you have to do at all. You don't have to take any of these things. You can totally wing every single meal you ever eat and be perfectly healthy, feel amazing in your body, feel just incredible and still be a morally good human. Meal planning and prepping and cooking is just a tool that you can choose to use or not. And it's a tool that can help make it easier to make the choices and changes you desire to make. Did you hear me, my friend? It is supposed to make things easier. (laughs) It's not supposed to make it more complicated. So for me, having a bit of a plan helps me not feel like I'm constantly thinking about what I'm going to eat. I'm not always stressed about it. I can open up the fridge and be like, oh yeah, that's what we're having. It's right there. And it's so simple and easy. And it just makes it easier for me to get food into my belly. This is about feeding yourself. No matter what you eat, feeding yourself is self-care. So if you meal plan and you plan to eat Chinese food, I love it. I'm proud of you. I think you're incredible and awesome. You made a plan to eat food and to get food into your body and nourish your cells. And that is amazing and incredible. And I'm so proud of you. So the whole point of this was the meal planning and prepping is meant to make things less stressful for you. It's not something you have to do. It's something you can choose to do if you think it will serve you. And if any of these served you and you loved this episode, please take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram story, or just come over to Instagram and say hey to me and tell me you liked this episode. You can find me at Bright Light Chels. I love hearing from you guys. I always answer my DMs, even though it might take me a little bit. I will always personally answer you. And I'm So excited to meet every single one of you. And of course, if you want me to hold your hand through your journey of improving your health and nutrition habits, you know where you can find the habit edit right there in the show notes. Okay, my friends, I will talk to you on the flip side of my surgery. (laughs) I love you guys so much. I hope you have the most wonderful week. Adios.